in and then to see some new faces. I've been looking forward to this day for quite a while and uh, looking forward to preaching in the next hour and then this evening and then the graduation service. And it's, uh, it's good to see some of the Heartlanders here. Anita, it's good to see you. Haven't had a chance to greet you. Carolina and of course Peter's now a graduate and uh, after he left we were able to lay off a few security guards after he left the campus. Things got a little quieter after that and so we're glad for Peter and the engagement and then of course the other Montreal young people but we're just so thankful. Uh, If you would turn to Acts chapter 17 I have been uh, thinking about what to preach and then to be mindful of the time and and uh, last night I was receiving several phone calls and text messages. We had a member of Glory Bound, our quartet. One of the young men had an accident on a dirt bike last night in uh, Dallas, Texas. And he's in the hospital this evening, this morning with uh, a broken collarbone and a lacerated uh, liver and a lacerated spleen. And so pray that he'll... Uh, get uh, healed up pretty quick so he can get back on the road with Glory Bound. Um, Since I'm not there, I usually would jump in and fill in any of those parts on the Glory Bound trio, but they haven't asked me to do that. I wouldn't do that. But we don't know what we're going to do at this time, but we're praying that Daniel Ertley, if you'll remember him in prayer, will uh, just rise up out of that uh, hospital bed and get uh, healed up quickly. The title of my Sunday School lesson, if you'll just kind of stay with me, you'll see where I'm going is entitled Stupidity versus Ignorance. There's a big difference, isn't there? There's a big difference, and I want to talk about that. First of all, give you an illustration of stupidity. I used to use illustrations, real-life stories uh, about myself, but I learned that everybody enjoys those stories way too much, and so I don't do that anymore. So I want to give you an example of a couple of guys who really give us a real good illustration of being stupid. Two college graduates, they were... High school buddies, one uh, was a very good football player in college and one was a very good pitcher in baseball. And uh, they decided their first uh, winter off that they would go ice fishing in uh, the UP up in uh, Michigan. And so they had a brand new Jeep Cherokee, these two buddies, Billy and Bobby. And Bobby had the Jeep Cherokee. And so they packed up their stuff one morning real early in the morning and filled up their Jeep with all their gear. They were going to go ice fishing for the whole weekend. And so Bobby packed up his gear and went and picked up Billy. And Billy brought his Labrador Retriever with him. And uh, so they just went out there onto the ice. And, you know, you can just imagine brand new, two college graduates, brand new cheap uh, Jeep Cherokee. And they just got onto the edge of the ice, you know. And you can just imagine the thought right there, the, the, the cracking of the ice, pulling a vehicle onto the ice. And, but they got onto the ice and they started to feel that the ice was thick enough to support them. So they just popped it into four-wheel drive and headed down the lake, this big, massive body of water. And they went to the exact spot that they would know in the summertime was very good for fishing. And they, you know, just came screeching to a halt and spun around and done some 360s. You can picture two young guys just out there horsing around. And so they decided to throw all their gear out and get ready to set up camp for the for the whole weekend and, and to do the ice fishing right there. They were going to live for the next three days on this, this pond, on this lake. So, but they were pretty ingenious. They decided instead of extending any effort to drill a hole in the ice, that they just decided to blow a hole in the ice with a stick of dynamite. And so Bobby just had that stick of dynamite and lit it up and 
they kind of had a little bit of an argument who would throw it the, the farthest. And so Billy um, decided that he would uh, take the dynamite stick and took it. And he just leaned back there and just threw that dynamite stick down there. And, of course, his Labrador retriever, who now just saw his master throw a stick. Are you getting the point? Went after the dynamite stick. And uh, so Billy's Labrador retriever is now chasing after the dynamite stick. That stick is lit. And he goes and he catches it. It bounces, hits the ice. He catches it. And now what is, what is he trained to do? To retrieve it. So he starts to retrieve it back. And so Bobby, they had a shotgun with them in their gear for the weekend. He goes and pulls the shotgun out because there's this dog just heading right for them with a dynamite stick lit. And so he starts to shoot at the dog. Billy hollers at Bobby, don't shoot my boom, boom. You know, he shoots at the dog. He doesn't kill the dog. He injures the dog. So the dog decides to run for shelter out there in the middle of the ice underneath the Jeep Cherokee. Slides underneath it. The stick of dynamite goes off. True story. I found it off the internet, so it must be true, huh? <laughs> well, it is. It is documented. And that dog blew up. The Jeep Cherokee blew up. A hole in the ice blew up. Uh, the Coast Guard was called, and these two guys were on the side of that hole having a fist fight. They were arrested. That's pretty stupid, isn't it? That's, that's, these guys had knowledge that something, that, that's an example of stupidity. But there's so much of a difference between stupidity and ignorance. Now, with that in mind, let's look in the Bible and let's find an example of ignorance. Acts chapter 17. Franz, which cup did you drink from? Huh? Okay. I've got some allergy medicine going on, so I might get dry. And so, Acts chapter 17. Here's a, here's a passage that we're real familiar with. At least I'm going to try to work our way through it quickly because I want to get to application here very, very quickly so I can respect our time. Verse 16, Acts chapter 17. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Good. Acts chapter 17, verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them, he's waiting for some younger men to come along and help him. So while he's waiting, he's just not sitting there just kind of like this. This is what he's doing. His spirit was stirred in him. I'm going to ask this question. Why? Why was his spirit stirred in him? Well, here it is. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. When he saw the whole city bowing down and worshiping idols, he was stirred inside. Therefore, because of that, disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews. This man had the opportunity over and over again to go into the synagogue and to dispute, to teach, to preach them. Because he had the platform. He had the pedigree. He had the ability by his training to do that. And with the devout persons and in the market, not only in the synagogues, but in the market, in the course of his daily activities with them that met with him. Now, that's what happens in verses 18 through 21. That's what he does throughout that period of time there in Athens. Skip to verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, this is his, this is his sermon. This, this message basically, in a sense, turned the world upside down. He says this, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. 
I've got written in my Bible, stupid stitches, but it's superstitious. And he says it right here. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar. Now, these are very educated men. Athens is a place where educated men came from all over the region to get more education. They came there to teach one another. And so he's there, a very educated man. And he says, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. He saw all these altars all over, all these statues all over the city with names describing that God that they had with that idol. But he finds this one statue that says to the unknown God. He says, whom therefore ye ignorantly, there's our word, ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. And then he declares who God is. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. He's preaching to men that made what they believe to be an idol, a temple. They believe they made a God. And he's telling them who the true God is. Amen. He's describing to them God Almighty. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined. Would you put this in your mind? Determined. Think of this. Hath set in place. God hath determined or set in place. What? First, the times. God has determined first the times, has set in place the times before appointed and the bounds. He has set two things in place, time and the bounds, the bounds of their habitation. Why? That they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For the sake of time, we go on and we see that Paul explains more about God to them and basically it preaches to them. Verse 31, he says, because he hath, excuse me, go to verse 30. And the times of this, what's that next word? Ignorance. God, what? Winked at. But now, commandeth all men everywhere to what? Repent. Why? Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man, we know that as Jesus Christ, whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Basically what's happened is some of these men believed, some of them did not. Some of them said, will you come back and tell us more? I want to get right into an opportunity to give application. Here, God has given us a real clear example of the difference in my mind as I tried to illustrate stupidity and then God gives us an example of ignorance. Just like Athens, America is known as a place where people from all over the world come to to get more what? Education. All over this country. People come here that are already very smart in the educated realm of things and academics. They come here to get more education. And that can be said about this country, amen? No doubt about it. That can very definitely be said about New York City. 
People come to this city for education. I'm sure that some of you were drawn here maybe even because of education. And many of these people there in Athens were there. They were very intelligent, but they were there to get more education. But yet they were very what? Ignorant on who God really was. And we see here in the scripture that there's an application here for us. And I just want to take this thought of where, where the scripture mentions that they feel. I don't know if I can get this across, but I'll try to be very, very quick. I, I used to work in a, a chicken farm. I used to shovel chicken manure <laughs> and collect chicken eggs. I would rather collect chicken eggs and shovel chicken manure any day of the week. Amen? But you have to do both. <laughs> Because if chickens are going to produce eggs, someone's going to have to clean up after them. But I remember as a young boy, about 14 years old, going in and Norman, the farmer, uh, asked me, he says, do you know how to collect chicken eggs? Well, any 14-year-old boy, arrogant, prideful, I said, absolutely, sure, no problem. I just saw that there was a bucket over there and there's chickens lined up all along the wall in these little, these little huts. And I just figured, well, there's no eggs down here. I, I know that that's chicken manure on the floor, and I know that the eggs must be up there in the little huts. And so I figured the way to get the eggs collected is to get those hens that are sitting on those eggs out of those little huts, and then I would reach in there and get the eggs. And so I decided that I knew how to do it. So I said, no, you don't have to show me how to do it. So I would reach in there and you know, you'd reach in there and those hens would peck at you. And so I decided they got to come out. So I reached in there and grabbed them by the neck. And you'd be amazed how far a chicken's neck stretches. It's unreal. I mean, it's good six inches. Stretched it and pulled it out and went in there and got the eggs. And I'm going down the whole row, just whipping those hens out of there. They're just flapping their wings and pecking at my hands. And I'm just saying, shut up. And just going down there and just collecting the eggs and and then about an hour later, Norman comes in. He sees me doing this, you know, on the, on the next house. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm collecting your eggs. And he says, you don't know how to do that, do you? And I said, sure I do. And he says, no, you don't. So Norman says, you just reach in there. He says, Jeff, let me show you. You just reach in there underneath the breast of the hen. And you just kind of grope around in there. And I looked at him and he said, grope around. And I said, I don't know what groping means. <laughs> Neither do you. We don't use it in our everyday language. He said, you just reach in there and you feel. You feel in around there. And so that's what I decided that I had to do. I had to reach in there. And just as the scripture says, men feel after him, I had to grope or feel my way to find those eggs. And God has set in place that men would feel after him. Would, 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 in a sense, as I reached in there and groped around there blindly underneath that hen, looking for that egg, that was what I was supposed to do. I would grope or feel in there blindly and reach in there and get the eggs. Well, right now, there's a lot of people in New York City. Oh, nearly 8 million. Anybody know? 8 million? Over 8 million. Eight million people in this city, and a lot of them are groping, feeling their way around. They're educated. They're not, they're not stupid people. But they're ignorant on who the true God is. Do you remember when you were ignorant on who God really is? Do you remember when you were feeling, groping, groping? 
trying anything to find that peace, to find that happiness. I remember, I remember now, 29 years ago, trying anything at the age of 20, trying to do anything I could do to fill a void that I had in my heart. But I'm so thankful there were some people from a little independent Baptist church in a town called Titusville, Florida, when I lived in Mims, Florida. You've never heard of Mims. <laughs> Mims is an Orange Grove community. <laughs> Titusville's a little bit bigger. <laughs> the only thing is well known about Titusville is the Kennedy Space Center. It's, it's there beside the Space Center, but Mims is an Orange Grove community. I lived in the middle of an Orange Grove community. And I'm so thankful that for 11 months, people from an independent Baptist church came and knocked on my door because they knew I, they knew I was groping feeling I was trying everything I want to try to illustrate this just real quickly and, and, and I like to have fun and, but I, I hope that this illustration is, 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 is not cutting uh, at, at anybody but I'm going to illustrate a blind man I, I don't know that we have anyone here that is, is blind or not I don't know that so I don't want to be making fun of a blind person at all but I'm going to go up here and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to stand on the edge of the baptistry. Okay, preacher? I'm going to close my eyes. I really am. And I'm going to spin around and I do get motion sickness very easily, especially as I get older. And I'm going to ask you all to guide me down these stairs, the right side. This is good. I'm going to try... By listening to your directions, avoid this set of stairs. The left side. The left side is not good. That should always be true, right? <laughs> left, right? <laughs> left is not good. Left means death. Right means life. The only thing that you're allowed to do is to give me instructions, okay? And I need everybody to help me because we don't have a lot of time. We have less than eight minutes. I'm really going to close my eyes. I'm really going to stand on the edge of the baptistry. I've done this before. I've injured my ankles. I've stubbed my toes. Please don't let me step off into the baptistry, okay? All right? You're just going to have to guide me. All right? I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to spin. Huh? I'm right on the edge. You've got to get me. There's a set of stairs. There's one, two steps here. I'm going to spin around. Move if you have to. Boy, this is really tricky up here. All right. Okay, I'm going to spin around. Okay, go ahead. Holler at me. Huh? Huh? What? Huh? Come on. want to do right now? What would somebody like to do right now? 
Who said that? Who said that? I did. Who's that? Peter. Okay, anybody else but Peter? No, Peter, come on. Peter, come on up, come on up. Come, quick, 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 quick. Quick, 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 quick. Peter, 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 Peter. Where are you? Oh, there we go. All right. I'm going to open my eyes now. Thank you. Peter, guide me. Let's hold our hands differently. There. Yeah. Let's stop for a minute, Peter. Peter had to do what? Get up off of his seat. Is that okay to say? Because everybody else, and you, and you did it, you were hollering your own interpretation of your set of directions. You all thought you knew how to get me down to the right place. Everybody was, left, right. The kids were getting excited. The louder person wins. <laughs> no, no, don't leave. Peter not only had to get up off his seat, but I needed someone who has already been down the right path to lead me to go the right way. The scripture tells us right in our passage that he be not far, really. Peter, do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Yes, sir. Then the Spirit of God dwells inside of Peter. With that Spirit of God inside of Peter, there's this desire that God gave him to witness, to help other people come to know God as their Savior. A lot of people all over Astoria, all over Queens, all over New York City, all over the United States, all over the world are groping, feeling like blind people. And there's a lot of different, quote, quote, churches, religions, screaming at them through television, through print material, through music, through books, through sermons, even on a Sunday morning just like this, telling them how to go their own way and leading them down that way. That's what, that's what they're getting all the time. Did you see how confused I looked? It was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> Some of you were really enjoying it way too much. Thinking, he's going to go off the side. Wait and see. Yeah. It would have been funny for a moment. But then when you realize the reality of it, you'd say, I hope he didn't hurt himself. Some might say, I hope he did. <laughs> but ultimately, you'd say, I hope he didn't. See, just as Peter would lead me down the right path, go ahead, Peter, I had to follow him. Thank you very much. Right now, we can know this based upon our scripture. God has determined, and I told you to keep that in mind by thinking, set in place. God has determined or set in place the life of a man. That means he knows when man, when a man, he knew when Jeff Copes was to be born, and God knows when I will die. God knows that, amen? He set it in place. 
God also, number two, set in place the habitations of Jeff Copes. He knows where I was when I was born. He knows where I'll be when I die. And he knows every place that I'll habitate in there between. And he knew some people in the Independent Baptist Church. And he knew them. And he dwelled inside of them. And they knew him. And they stopped yelling at me. They stopped screaming at me with all the other religions. And a guy named Ralph got off of his seat, Peter, and came and visited me week after week. And when he didn't catch me at home, he'd go to my workplace. His wife would go to my workplace. I was selling shoes in a department store. They bought a lot of shoes that, that period of time. Yeah. I remember church members coming over and saying, you visited our church, didn't you? They already knew it. They told me later they were sent there. Like soldiers. <laughs> they got up off of their seat. At the age of 20, their efforts led for me to bow my knee and ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart Amen. and to save my soul. There's more stories just like that still yet to be scripted. And I know every day, I know every day you see masses of people. I know that. Break them down to individuals. Their souls. One soul at a time. God has brought you into their sphere. Some of you work with them. Some of you live right across the hall from them. Some of you live with them. Some of you could be sitting beside them before the day's out. Would you remember this? They're feeling, groping. And they get people yelling at them all the time on how to do it my way, do it my way, do it this way, do it that way. When all that they need is someone to get up off their seat and come near them and lead them the right way. I have found myself to be rekindled in my burden for the inner cities every time I come here. And I'm overwhelmed every time by the masses. And I have to stop and think. Every group of people that we'll come across in our daily lives, there's still individuals in there that need to be reached one by one. We don't go to save them. God saves them, amen? But we go to tell them because they're just what? They're just ignorant. That's all they are. They're good people. They just lack the knowledge of who God really is. Lord, we thank you for this time. I ask you to bless this, uh, this group of people. Bless these are still that are going to come in for the worship service. And we'd ask you to bless that time in Christ's name. Amen.